Hello and welcome to the One More Mile Tipcast, episode 150, Thoughts on Fixing Division 3 Athletics. Hey folks, we are back with our follow-up from Tipcast 149, where I discuss some of the problems I've witnessed in Division 3 athletics over the last probably uh, six or seven years. Now, I want to make clear that the opinions and comments that I have today have have uh, no no relation to any particular um, school. I've I've been at a few Division three schools, and really, I've been thinking about this just in the overall athletic model. And I want to make sure that these aren't misconstrued as um, specific statements or official policy. Uh, now. Anyone who follows the news has heard about the fact that Division I athletes will be able to profit from their images and their likenesses and, and really make money off of their talent. But where does that leave the lower ranks, particularly those Division Three athletes? Well, to understand that, I need to take a step back and first define what D3 is supposed to be. Now, the NCAA states that Academics are the primary focus for Division III student-athletes. The division minimizes the conflicts between athletics and academics and helps student-athletes progress through graduation through shorter practice and playing sessions in regional competition that reduces the time away from academic studies. Participants are integrated on campus and treated like all other members of the student body, keeping them focused on being a student first. Okay, well, on paper, that sounds excellent, but in practice, uh, it often falls well short of the mark. Uh, first of all, academics are often not the primary focus, and I've heard this time and again, and I think as, as, uh, as faculty members, as educators, we often talk about this. Well, you know, Division III, they're, they're, they're really supposed to be students, and they're student athletes, and they're students first. Uh, but the reality is, is that they're often um, really uh, ill-equipped, I think, to manage the demands that, that, that the athletic situation often places on them. Uh, they've got numerous disruptions and concessions made uh, to their schedules to, uh, to allow them to not, not only compete, and, and really I find that competition is really not the biggest issue, uh, but they definitely have concessions made in order for them to practice. Now, they do actually compete regionally, but the schedules are often so lopsided and can heavily burden a student at key times of the school year with uh, many people coming back very, very late at night and then they've got an early morning class. Uh, and I've seen from year to year the schedules vary so that you know one year your team has uh, tons of games that are really far away and then another year they're really close and 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 so because division three schools are so spread out in a in a region um i think it's unrealistic to say that um you know the regional schedule kind of minimizes those disruptions and then as i alluded to on the last tip cast uh, you you often have practice sessions that extend outside of the scheduled practices so that athletes are typically um, you know they'll have a time period that's carved out in their schedule it's usually in the afternoon and so they don't have classes then and, and they can make all the practices um, you know there 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 sometimes isn't leeway if a student has a class uh, but they they can't make it to practice 
um, they often run into conflicts with with, with coaches on that end. It, it really depends on the coach. But there's often very early morning practices as well, and those aren't really on the books, but you're supposed to be there. And so there, there creates this, this whole um, extra layer of training that I think is not really necessary. And then, and then the last part is really that shorter competition season. Um, I, I think you'll, you'll find a lot of people out there, a lot of coaches, uh, strength and conditioning coaches, injury experts, that will say that that shortened period really increases the risk for injury because it shortens the preseason conditioning period and increases the pressure to get fit fast. So being a performance uh, podcast, though, I want to focus on those aspects of improvement that are really performance-oriented uh, nevertheless, I think there would be a significant improvement in the educational component of, of a Division three school based on kind of some, some of the recommendations that I have here. Uh, now, you can't change the competition schedule. That, that's something that is re- really an NCAA thing. And so we have to look at what, what, what can we do within the, const- the constraints of the NCAA rule system. So here are kind of my top tips. Number one, we've got to think like an Olympian. Okay, the Olympics are on a four-year rotation. Coaches really need to think about where they want their athletes to be at year three and four, not where the team is going to be season to season. Now again, division three is not supposed to be about uh, you know, winning records, I think it's unrealistic to to hope that a coach who consistently loses um, is going to be able to keep their job. But but again, I think the big picture planning is what's needed. This is going to be a major shift in thinking, planning, and goal setting. But when I ran my junior development team, I was first and mainly thinking about where do I want these athletes to be in three to five years, and then where do I want them to be at the end of the season. Uh, at the end of year one, we had one of the best teams in the country, without a doubt. We had international results, we had national results, and I did this with a team made up of kids that really no other teams wanted, no, no development teams out there. And again, it was that that long-term thinking, and as I've mentioned in the past, a number of those kids went on the turn pro, and, and for me, that's the, biz, the, the biggest success. Uh, I don't want to focus on national champions because... I, as I've stated also in the past, I think it's a crapshoot. Um, I think coaches that kind of hang their hat on this idea that they coached a lot of junior national champions um, is really misleading. I, I think a lot of coaches get lucky in the the athletes that they get to work with. And if you find a really talented uh uh, a cyclist or runner early on, you can really develop them into something good now, but where will they be in five or 10 years? Uh, number two, train less, rest better. Okay. This is kind of a no brainer, but one of the easiest ways to reduce injury rates and improve class performance is to stop with two and three a day practices. All right. They're just taking up time, they're wasting energy. Uh, you need to stop with the daily early morning training too, okay? It doesn't mean that they never get up early. I think that that builds in a lot of um, uh, a lot of discipline and a lot of planning that they need to learn how to plan around. But you've also got to talk about are they going to get enough sleep with that early morning session? If they're going to lose some sleep, where as the coach can you make sure that they make it up? Now, I could talk ad nauseum 
about other ways that you can kind of alter the training plan, but I'm betting that most astute athletes and coaches can determine where to insert um, you know, these special extra sessions. You don't need to do lots and lots of extra training. Again, if you have a, a team where at least some of the athletes are coming in, uh, you know, they, they haven't played much, they're not really well conditioned, the last thing you want them to do is be injured. Okay. And then as far as in season, I say forget it. I, I, I say forget almost all of those extra training sessions. You need to get them more rest. You need better food. You need to make sure that their grades stay up so that their stress is low. And definitely without a doubt, stop with the whole punishment practices. I still see this now. Team doesn't perform well. I don't care what reason they didn't perform well, okay? Um, most of the time, I'd say the majority of people, when they don't do well, they they lose a game, they, they lose a race, they feel bad enough already. You need to figure out how to get their minds turned around and get them ready. Um, and punishing them in practice only makes them hate exercise. Number three, meet every day. Okay. Again, that's not trained every day, but you want to build a team that just doesn't happen around training and practice. Athletes should be meeting as often as possible. You can cover different aspects of the sport. You can clean out the locker room. There are lots of things that you can do that are maintenance um, or, or uh, you know, hy hygiene related, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, one of the rules that I had on my team is that nobody ever showed up with dirty kit and a dirty bike. Okay, you're representing your team there. You want to make sure that you look good, uh, you smell good, um, and you're ready to go. Four, have athletes rely on each other in small units to train. A smaller training unit, particularly for conditioning different levels of fitness, can allow athletes to develop at a more appropriate rate. This is particularly important in sports like running, where the abilities can very widely so you get them in their own training groups and then they kind of build on that that inner camaraderie there five and this is really key force athletes to take ownership ownership of their performance on the field off the field in the classroom okay as a college professor i'm often forced to allow students to determine their own future in practice this creates a lot of difficulties for the faculty and the students but it's necessary and sometimes I have to uh, acquiesce to the demands of their athletic schedule which again this is division three but I've seen it happen um, in athletics too often I see coaches railroading athletes to train too much rest too little, take too many courses to try to keep up and graduate on time, um, or otherwise manipulate their environment to get what the coaches want. Again, go back to point number one. You want to think like an Olympian, an Olympic coach. You want to think long term. Where, where are they going to be in another two years? Not where they are, where are they now specifically? And then six, develop the team culture. And I think all of the above really help to develop that team culture, but you want to develop a culture and all of these are meant to build a culture of pride and success around and within the team. Athletes want to excel both in class because their peers value that and they want to become better athletes because they see a pathway to do that. Winning and losing aren't year-to-year -year games of chance there this awareness of that 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 long-term success um and that long-term success requires thinking in the long haul well folks that wraps up my short series on ncaa division three athletics if you have questions or comments please feel free to email me at 
go one more mile at gmail.com. That's go one more mile at gmail.com. You can also head on over to the website www.go1mm.com. That's go1mm.com. You can catch up on some newly released articles. You can hit the donate button, $5, $10. Christmas is coming around. I want to remind everybody we've got our 12 tips of Christmas coming up to, uh, I think it's year number six uh, for that. Long time been doing that, but we've got some great tips for you. Um, and as always, folks, go one more mile. Later. Later.